Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I want to have these important conversations. We thought expert advice from the professionals, nothing is off limits. Welcome to my podcast, Rach Leary Rated R. Hi guys, oh my god, this is the first proper episode of Rach Leary Rated R. I first of all just wanted to say thank you so much for the amazing response that we had with the initial launch and even just from my six minute intro episode, so many of you have messaged me to say just how excited you are and that you feel like this is gonna be amazing. So I hope I live up to your guys' expectations. And I am so excited because our first guest is amazing. Um, You guys may know him best as the relationship expert from Married at First Sight UK and Celebs Go Dating UK. It is Paul Brunson. I was so excited to have him on and what an honor it was to have him as my first guest. As you'll see, um, he made the interview so easy. We had such a great chat, honestly. If anything, I feel like we could have chatted for so much longer, but he's a busy man. So I don't wanna keep him too long. We were only able to answer a couple of your guys' questions, but I have said to him, you know, we could definitely do a part two in the future and tackle so many more of your guys' questions and advice and stuff like that. But we really talk about what it takes to maintain a healthy relationship, be in a successful relationship, and a lot of the, you know, social science behind a relationship, honestly, absolutely loved recording this episode and I really hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, please welcome, oh by the way, sorry, um, classic first case, wait first case? Classic first interview problems. <laughs> I nearly shat myself because Paul messaged me after the interview being like, I'm so sorry, I didn't record my audio. Um, well he thought it was recording and it wasn't, but I have got the audio, because we obviously had to record it over Zoom, I have got the audio from Zoom of both of us, so thank God, thank God that's been safe, because honestly I would have cried, honestly cried, because it was such a great chat. Um, So if it's not as HD as it possibly could, I apologise, this is the first episode, we're all figuring things out here, but um, I really, really hope you guys enjoy it, and it's not too um, 
annoying. I feel like the audio is fine. It's just not like super, super crisp, but you'll be able to listen and hopefully enjoy. Um, yeah, rambling done. Let's just jump in to this incredible interview with Paul Brunson. Well, hi, Paul. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. You're actually, like I said, just before this, my first guest. So I'm very... Yeah. Honored to have you on and chat with you and pick your brain. Rachel, can I say this? First, I could already tell we're gonna have a good time. All right, that's the first thing. That's what I thought. I was like, I'm so glad you're doing this with me because I'm watching on the TV. I'm watching the way that you chat as well. And I'm like, we will have a good chat today. I know it. We are going to have a good chat. So, that, so that's the first thing we have a good chat. Secondly, it's an honor to be your first guest. So oh, thank you very thank much. You. I mean, it's an absolute honor to have you on as my first guest. I feel like my audience probably know you best being the relationship expert on Married at First Sight, which I did watch yeah. last night. You um, did? You did? What do you think? I've, I've what do you think? Watching. Come on. I've been Give watching. Give me your honest again. opinion. What do you think? I'm going to pick your brain about it. There's a few things that are like <laughs> question marks for me. And I feel like this series is a lot different to a lot of the other ones that I have seen up until this point i feel like yeah the, the, a few yeah, it, odd pairings i might say but um yeah like i said we'll go into that a little bit later but if anyone is listening you can actually already watch uh, a lot of the married at first sight uk on 4ad right now and when this goes up it's the final episode this is going up on monday the 4th so it'll be the final uh, tonight when this uh, episode goes live so yeah that's the reunion so, yeah. so the reunion is today oh, yeah. i feel like nope. that will be nope. a spicy reunion Oh, it's going to be very spicy, very <laughs> hot, very, very, very bell pepper, you know, oh. very scotch bonnet. If you like your peppers, that's how hot I it's mean, it's be. been fire. Like I was catching up and the first few episodes are extremely intense and fiery. But I was actually really interested when I was doing some more research on you. You have a lot going on. You're not just a UK relationship TV <laughs> host. You co-founded a university. You've got your yes. own podcast and newsletter. You're yes. building a school in Jamaica. And seven, seven schools, seven schools. Come seven. on, Rachel, come on now. Sorry. Yeah, seven oh my God, yeah. I've let myself down there. But And yeah, obviously you've been the host of two UK dating shows, which is just insane. So I actually wanted to say a lot of your career involves you, well, up until this point, a lot of like giving back. And I just wanted to go back to the start and ask you, like, where does this giving nature come from? Like, it was there, like, a pinnacle moment that you just decided, you know, I want to build schools, I want to help people. Like, was there a moment? Yeah, um, I think two things in my childhood that really stood out. So I was born in New York. Shout out to all my Jamaica queens. Massive, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, we were not born, I was not born in, in the best area should I say, right? And one of the things that was really cool about what my mother would do is she would, for Thanksgiving, right? Because Thanksgiving, obviously a big holiday in the States, everyone would sit around the table and break bread and eat, right? And that was Thanksgiving, you'd bring your family over. But my mother would always bring us to what they were called soup kitchens in New York. So basically where a lot of people were homeless or sleeping rough and they, they couldn't afford meals, they would sit in these in these big facilities and people would come donate food and then serve them the food. So that was really where it began is my mother really ingrained in my brother and I the importance of service and the important uh, the importance of giving. So that's really one of the big places that it came from. But then secondly is, is just I'm a big believer that you know when you give you get 
Yeah, right? It's just real simple. You give and you get, and maybe you don't get it today. Maybe you get it in a year from now, or maybe you don't get it, but your child gets it. But when you give, you get. That's, it that's comes how back life to works. you in some way or form. Really interesting. So how come the building of schools, is that just adding on to that of wanting to give back to where you've, where you've come from? Yeah, you know, my family's Jamaican. And uh, I think the best thing that we could do just as people is, is to educate our children. That's, that's hands down. And the education systems around the world are messed up. In Jamaica, they're lacking actual schools. And so about 10, 15 years ago, when my wife and I went, went to Jamaica, to the particular city, or shall I say village, that my uh, mother grew up in, we saw that there was no school. Like literally, it had been knocked down from a hurricane. Kids were basically in a field. They had no structure. And that's when I decided, okay, this is, this is an area I can really make a big impact. And that's when we started donating materials, books, that kind of thing. And so for the last maybe 10 years, we've been doing work around schools in Jamaica. Wow. I feel like you don't talk about that enough, or maybe you do like on your podcast and stuff, but that's amazing. Like, congratulations. And I feel like that was something when I was trying to navigate and decide which route I wanted to take with this podcast, when I thought about it being slightly more educational, that made me really excited. And I know it's not educational in the same way that you're building schools and stuff like that, but with like real sort of like life problems and you know, I feel like this is the stuff that you don't necessarily get taught in school. There's not, not everyone has someone to talk to like about this kind of stuff. So I kind of wanted to be that person for people as well that speaks to people like you, um, where you've come from, how you've got to this point, give back in a sort of way, obviously not as epic as you are, but you know, with everyday life advice, I feel like you can't, you can't get enough. But the fact, yeah, the education side of things for you, that's, insane yeah but but for anybody i mean i think the beauty of giving is that it can literally be just be a smile yeah like you walking down the street smiling that could spark a smile you know anyone just saying hey you look nice today or you know thank you being grat you know showing gratitude that could literally change someone's day and therefore change their week and therefore yeah. begin to change their your life you know what I mean so giving, back giving in comes like, in all sides yeah any small amount big amount it's good karma for sure but um yeah. for this episode I do want to focus on your relationship expertise if you're not already burnt out with all the relationship <laughs> advice that you've been doing like I said um I was watching you on this morning the other day and you can tell so many people are desperately seeking your relationship help and you were inundated with calls and I feel like lockdown really put a lot of relationships to the test but like before we get into that how does one become a relationship expert like how did you get to to this point yeah I mean that, that's a great question because there's no qualifier anybody could say they're a relationship expert I feel like you, a lot you, of people you know do they claim to be a, a lot of people do but you, you know what what is a a big I would even say secret that I don't think people know about me is I've never once called myself a relationship expert. I've never yeah. once called myself a love doctor. <laughs> I've never once said any of these things. It's just whatever I go. You don't on these have shows, a certificate like, up on the wall being like <laughs> Paul the love doctor. Nah, I've ne never once said it. You know, I feel like I'm a teacher. That's that's the that's my main thing. But how I got into the space though is 
I have a finance background. So I used to do investment banking, but then I went back to school for social psychology. Right. And then my wife and I opened a matchmaking agency and we ran one of the biggest matchmaking agencies in the U S and then I was hired by Oprah. And once Oprah was like, Paul's that guy. Then at that point, I'm that guy. Like, you didn't, know, didn't just... she say that you are more than just a matchmaker or or something like that? Rachel, wow. look at you. That's what research. you need printed up on your wall in the certificate. Is that Rachel? Look, look at you on the research, Rachel. Look at I you mean, on the research. I'm doing yeah, my best. I'm new to this, but I'm doing. I, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, you're okay with the research. Uh, yeah, but you know the thing about Oprah though is if she says you're a duck, you better start quacking. <laughs> you know, it's like whatever she she calls you, that's what you are. That's so true. No, that's good. So essentially, it just comes from a lot of wisdom and knowledge and psychology. Psychology is one of my favorite things to do in school. And actually on this podcast, I'm planning to get, um, you know, quite a few psychologists on because I am just so interested in like the science behind everything and, and stuff like that. I think that's so fun. And that's why like with this podcast, I, I wanted it to be quite a lot psychology based because I think that everyone finds that so interesting and like everyone will be able to take something away from listening to an episode like this when you really get to like understand the certain things that we're going to be like touching on like when it comes to relationships like I said earlier I do the occasional girl talk Q&A and just general like Q&A on my YouTube channel which we're gonna again sort of talk Oh, actually, we're going to do our own little Q&A later. I've had some submissions in of people needing and seeking your advice. But I've noticed over the past months, actually, do you know what? Now I think about it, probably even like year, whenever I ask for these questions from my followers, the influx of people wanting advice on their relationship, how to keep the spark alive, and the amount of people they're saying they're, they're getting bored is a lot, literally from all ages. I know maybe... um obviously when you're, you're on shows like married at, at first sight and stuff. So it, it might be like older people that you're dealing with, but my followers, my demographic is quite young and I'm even getting people being like, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting bored, like even from like a young age. And we're just, I mean, I suppose the positive is that we are getting more open to talking about it. People are reaching out to me, like wanting help and advice. And I feel like always talking about it is such a positive, like seeking help to try and make it work rather than just like cutting it off straight away. But I absolutely think that lockdown had a huge impact on relationships. And surprisingly, a lot of couples that I know or like saw on Facebook or whatever that had been together for a long time didn't make it through lockdown. So I just wanted to know, like, why do you think that is? And like, why was something like lockdown such a make or break time for couples? Yeah, good question. Good question. So the first thing I'll say, though, is relationships are the most important aspect to everyone's life, period. Whether that was the relationships you had with your parents when you were little, whether that's relationships you had with teachers, with friends, when you get into the working world, your career, right? When you get married, your spouse, right? Your kids, relationships are everything. We are social creatures. And that's, you know, you're talking about, you love the psychology and the science behind stuff. I love that too, because there's a reason why we do the things we do. And that's really what psychology and social science is. And so we have to understand we're social creatures. That's one. Secondly, is we have to understand that a social creature can only thrive and only make it 
if you are with others, right? Yeah. So we're social creatures, we have to be with others. So therefore, we have to relate. So therefore, our relations will always be the biggest thing in our lives, right? So that's one thing, everyone should know this. Now, with regard to the pandemic, what the pandemic did is it made the world stop. Yeah. For the first time, we had to stop, we had to pause. And when you stop and you pause, what happens? You start talking to yourself. Oh, Rachel, what am I doing? We're all Rachel, what am Don't I going to do? Because I'm going to hold happen? my hand up now and say I'm already the biggest overthinker that there ever is. So <laughs> the pandemic, luckily I'm not in a relationship to like overthink that. But yeah, I can't imagine like the thoughts and, and stuff that you just think because you've got nothing else to do. Exactly. You're, you're with your thoughts. Now, to a lot of people, being with your thoughts is a scary thing, right? but it's actually great because it helps us to reflect. It helps us to identify what's important and what's not important. And, and I was a, a part of a group that just did one of the biggest studies around singles, dating, and the UK around the pandemic. And what we found is that what people now realize is they don't want to settle. Right. They don't want mediocre. They realize life is short. They want more out of life. Right. Yeah. And this is what's happening. And so if you're with someone who you feel is not, you know, up to standard, right? Someone who's a little trifling, someone who, you know, then you decide, you know, this is not the right relationship for me. I'm not happy. I, I deserve happiness because we do. And, and that's what the pandemic has done. So I appreciate that about the pandemic. It's made us yeah. all better. I mean, it's quite scary, like couples that I had seen been together for like years and maybe like weren't at the stage of like living together yet or something like that. And then when we were told, you know, we're not going to be able to go out and stuff, a lot of couples made that choice to be like, oh, well, you know, if legally we're not even going to be allowed to like go out and like see each other like we normally would and go at a pace that, you know, that we wanted to, shall we just like stay together for this pandemic and then yeah re they realized when living together it like it broke them and that's yeah. scary i mean obviously like you said uh, it it's a blessing in a way it's cut the the journey uh, short if that was the inevitable end perhaps but rachel can, can i call you up on one thing you just said please 100 all right, which, all right which, which i love right so you said it's scary but you saw the blessing right Right. I think this is where we almost have to reprogram ourselves a little bit. It shouldn't feel scary to leave something that's not working for us, right? Right. What I always say is, you know, you look at the most successful people around the world. Here's the common theme. Successful people don't hang on to anything that's toxic for long. So anything that's not serving our benefit, anything that's not healthy for us, right, is not serving our benefit it means that it's toxic, right? When we break up with someone, it feels toxic because it feels like it's not benefiting us. Yeah. It is not, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So the fact that you saw so many couples break up, it meant they were not the right ones for each other. Yeah. It's good, right? It's good to break up. It's good to say no, right? That's showing that we love us. We love ourselves, which is the most important thing. Do you know what? I think scary was the wrong word. It's more like from an outside perspective, I was shocked to sort of be like, oh, okay. wow, okay. like seemingly your relationship was great. You get this test 
and just yeah so many didn't make it through but I feel like it's important to stress that if you're listening right now and you didn't make it through lockdown like with your partner and stuff quite clearly a lot of people didn't and it's not the end of the world and it is okay it's a great thing it's it's a, a it was thing. such a big time of self-reflection. Like a lot of people actually needed to separate to really think about what they want out of life, who they actually are. If you come mm-hmm. back together, you come back together. But you know, alone time is good time. And I feel like a lot of people get scared of being alone. Oh yeah. Because all right, let's 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 look at why successful couples stay together, right? Because I think it's really important because if you think about Couples who stay together long-term, there's a lot of benefit from it. Like, I don't know if you knew this, Rachel, but you know that if you find a strong partner and you stay together for a long period of time, you're healthier, you're happier, you make more money, (laughs) you live longer, right? These are all the things that come from having a partnership long-term. Why? Because it goes back to the science we were saying earlier. We're all social creatures, right? Now, if we see all this benefit, we see it's good to be together for a long period of time, then we have to really ask ourselves, what does it take to enter a relationship and be in it long-term? And you know what it first takes? Self-reflection. Yeah. It first takes understanding, well, what do I want out of life? I want a big family, small family. Do I want to be a nomad and travel the world or do I want to live in a farm, right? Knowing yourself, and what the pandemic did is it helped more people know themselves. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not sure if this is going to be surprising moving on from that, but maybe it's just because there's association of like young adults going out and having sex all the time and just being crazy, like even like in their relationships. And I feel like stereotypically you would associate lack of sex with married couples. There's always like, like jokes just being like, you know, once you married, that's it, whatever. But another advice question that I get a lot recently from people like young couples and like people so I'm 25 like my demographic I'm quite lucky like my demographic is my age group oh my god I just said I'm 25 I need to stop because I'm 25 next week okay I'm still 24 I'm clinging on own it Um, own it own it it, it's it's fine I'm getting there but um yeah a lot of questions like when I ask people to submit so if you're someone that submitted me a question that to ask Paul at the end and it was this, I hope this covers it for you, but it was how to keep the spark alive and avoid getting bored. Like what advice would you give maybe slightly younger couples who are already struggling? All right. So, so first is, is this, so you're 25, right? So most 24. <laughs> 24. No, no, come on. Now, right, come on. I've right? still got right. a week left. <laughs> you're 24 and 350 days. Yeah. Right. All right. So that's Gen Z. Gen Z, right, is having less sex than millennials, than Gen X, and baby boomers at the same age. So I think it first is it's important to understand that, like, really, everybody in Gen Z, your parents were getting it in more at your age than, than you're getting it in. That's Doesn't very that important sound, to understand. It should, I feel like you'd think <laughs> it would just be the opposite. And that right now, you know, every, like everyone my age or like the Gen Z age, especially in like their relationships, would be actively going at it like rabbits but literally so many people said to me I'm getting bored how do I spice it up I feel like he's getting bored of me have you 
heard of the term X? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. So yeah. like, it's about like, they feel like they're getting the ick. Like, is there any coming back from that? It's like, again, I don't know why I was like kind of shocked, but I was just like, wow. Yeah, wow. All right, so, so let's, all right, let's, let's talk about the why, right? Some of it is, is, is fun, but some of it is not fun, right? The, here, let's talk about the not fun part. The not fun part is one of the things that's happening today that wasn't happening like 15, 20 years ago is access to pornography, right? Right. So, so, we so have a now, question on that later, by the way, which I'm... Um, oh, do we? Yeah. Okay. Someone so, so, so without, a, without question, right, you can see anything you want now. Anything. Like you pull up your mobile, boom, you can see anything you want. Pornography and access to things like pornography is having a drastically negative impact because it's giving an unrealistic view of sex and an unhealthy view of sex for many. So that's one of the negatives. Yeah. Another one of the negatives, and this is terrible that, that, that society does this, and I see this a lot in the UK in particular. So I'm gonna call out the UK on this. Oh God, let's, yes. here we go. Yes, a matter of fact, I was literally right before this, I was talking to my friend who's a researcher and he's done a lot of research around male or, or, or single sex schools, right? Right. And one of the things in this culture that I realize is that there's a lot of single sex schools and a lot of boys who are becoming men don't understand how to truly interact and treat a woman as their equal. Instead, what the schools do is it gives them this idea that a woman should be treated as an object. Yeah. And therefore, when you get into this dating culture later, this is the reason why you see a high level of uh, violent, domestic violence happening in the UK. This is why you see between four and five women of college or university age here in the UK are, are, are seeing some type of sexual assault or sexual abuse, right, mm -hmm. happening. And you look at this and you say, oh my God, we need to change this because this was not happening 20, 30 years ago, right? right. So, so that's, that's a lot of the ugliness. Now, there's another part to the ick, right? The, 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 the other part is that you have people in relationships for not the right reason. They're in relationships for the status of it. They're in relationships because they think they like the person. They're in relationships because all their friends are in relationships, so, so therefore, and they're not attracted to the person. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I was listening to another podcast the other day and what, someone on it made a very interesting point that you need to make sure that you and your partner are on the same sort of, page of how they view the relationship because a lot of relationships that you see and I feel like um it's normally the case of this is obviously not every case but I feel like it is most common the boy I'm talking like uh, straight relationships here the boy loves having a girlfriend but the right. girlfriend loves that boy being her boyfriend do you see like do you know what I mean Absolutely. like the difference he he could probably doesn't really care like who the girl is just likes the idea of having a girlfriend whereas sure. I feel like with girls we you know um love that person being our boyfriend like and then that's when the when it's that dynamic it becomes very toxic because that's when 
I feel like the girls in those situations are like, oh my God, like he's not doing this, he's not doing that. But like he says that he loves me and like all of this, but he's not showing you sort of that he loves you being his girlfriend. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's, no, I'm, no, like, no, I'm trying no, to explain no. it the best that I can. But no, no, I think, no, you got it. You, yeah. Rachel, no, no, you, you perfectly. What's happening is, is the, the a lot of these boys, right? Love the idea of a relationship opposed to the person who's in the relationship with them. And, and, and that's something that's real, right? Which I is that's why- how, That's how back. like cheating happens and stuff, isn't it? And then they're like, but oh, I man, love I'm, you, but it's like- Yeah, it's, it's what, but, but that's why it goes back to this whole notion of you have to understand what you want. You have to understand what you need. And you know why, why you have to go back to that? Because then you know what you will accept and what you won't put up with. And, and, and a big issue is that a lot of people, this happens with uh, girls, boys, uh, you know, all, all um, you know, all relationships is this whole idea of I'll just put up with you because you, you, because I'm in the relationship with you. So whatever you say, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to be here. And when you understand who you are, you draw the line and you put up a boundary. Is there any coming back from that? Like if you can feel yourself getting bored, but you're like, I, I don't want to feel this way. Like, and, but it's like coming out in different ways. For example, you're not having, or you're not finding yourself wanting to have like sex with your partner or like anything like that, because you're just feeling a bit like, it feels more like a chore than actually something that you want to do. But yeah, like I said, is there any coming back from that? If you're realizing that, but you don't want to feel that way. Sure. If you, one is there's, you could come back from anything in a relationship, but it takes two people for the comeback to happen. And that's where a lot of relationships go, go left. Because if you, if, if you no longer want to have sex with your partner, you no longer, you don't even want to talk to them. You don't want to look at them, right? <laughs> that, that means that not only do you have to do work, but your partner has to do work. But have you communicated to your partner what the problem is? Have you talked about these issues? Have you been honest about that? Has your partner expressed that they're willing to work on it, right? That's what a relationship is. You ask people who've been in relationships for 15, 20, 30, 40 years, it hasn't just been easy. What yeah. it's been is two people who said, guess what? Every time there's a problem, we are going to work together to get through this problem. So if, if anyone is listening right now who feels that way about their partner, right? They, they don't even want to put up with their partner. You have to ask yourself, well, have I communicated that with my partner? And is my partner willing to put the work in? Because if they're not, it's not going to work. just scared to have these uncomfortable conversations, but it's like, you cannot expect to progress or things to get any better if you don't talk about it. I feel like that's the case when, you know, you need to go to the doctor because there's something wrong. If you're not going to tell and be honest about it, it's how are you going to expect that to get any better? Rachel, come on, preach. Can I pass preach. the collection plate? You? <laughs> no, 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 for real, for real. You know, you know what? You know what's, what's so real about that is the more uncomfortable conversations you have, the higher quality your life becomes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think again, going back to like why I started this podcast, like. I see from when I ask people to send in questions and stuff, so many people clearly do not have the confidence to have these conversations. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With the actual people that it's to do with, and they find it more, or they find it easier to send me a question, you know, it's over a screen, it's over a, an Instagram message or something, but clearly needing help. So like, I've, I've kind of taken it upon myself as someone who, you know, it doesn't, I could just, I could talk to a brick wall, I'll chat to anyone, I don't, I don't care. I'll have yeah. these uncomfortable conversations if it means I'm having it on behalf of someone else and I right. help, you know, we can help them in like, anyway when it comes to things like this you, but you know you know why you know where i think your confidence comes from actually i know where it comes from oh. you know because it because it's, it's it's science right science it's science science is it comes from your your self-worth right is we all have you know we hear these words all the time like these phrases self-worth self-love self-esteem self-acceptance self-knowledge all this right yeah but they're all different right and your self-worth is really the most important one of all of those selves because it comes from inside. And what you say is, I value me. And I value me enough to know that there's certain things I will accept and certain things I won't. And, that's, and that self-worth is what gives you confidence because you know, no matter what the response you get, you still good, right? Yeah. You still have love for self. And so it's all about self-worth. That's what, so anyone who's, who's, who's missing on their confidence really needs to go back and reflect on how can they boost their self-worth. I mean, I am going to ask you a question about that in a little bit, but going back to the whole like X side of things and stuff like that, I do want to touch on some of the relationships on Married at First Sight. Um, okay. Cause I think there's a situation that's actually very common, maybe more like younger relationships where some of the women on the show set their physical expectations for their partner very high like um morag amy nikita i feel like they had <laughs> lists of all the physical attributes that they required uh, in their partner and when they weren't necessarily met they initially completely closed themselves off and i feel like it can be I don't know, quite disheartening because nobody likes to settle. Like you said, no one likes to settle. Those women obviously had had these lists and expectations of what they thought they needed and deserved. And I feel like I've said to myself a few times in the past, you know, looks aren't everything and I, and I need to like give someone a chance and type thing. And like I said, that can feel a bit like disheartening when everything's not met. But obviously that's quite an unrealistic expectation to come across someone that ticks all of those boxes so I feel like that's obviously 
well, I think that's how you kind of saw it. So I just wanted to say, like, why did you set those girls up with those partners when they were quite clear that they had a list of things that they needed? And like, I think Morag even said, this isn't what I ordered. And she was actually quite a prime example of initially completely closing herself off at first, really being like, I just, it's not, it's not there because maybe literally one or two boxes weren't ticked. Yeah, I, I love it. That was a real, fin- that was a finesse question right there. Because you're oh. like, Paul, tell me, why'd you do it? Like, <laughs> tell where, where, me. I feel, no, because I feel like uh, people expect like uh, on, on shows like this, you're going to set these people up. It's going to be happily ever after. I know there's always those couples that have this, the, the disputes and whatever. Um, but I know there was like a series of Married at First Sight Australia, but where there was actually so many couples that were perfectly matched and are still together like right now. So it was, maybe it was just kind of a bit of a shock that in the UK version, like the girls weren't making us look great with all the like lists and stuff, but fair play, you should, you should never have to settle. If you've got those lists and that's what you want, go ahead, go, go after it. But they'd obviously come on the show because they'd not had luck in the past, but were still coming in with the same attitude of like, I'm not settling for any less. So you better, you better find me these people. Okay. All right. I love this. Can we, can we break this down? Yeah, absolutely. Can we break it down? Okay. All right. So the first is you specifically, I heard you say this, right? Is you said they had a list of their needs. Okay. Yeah. Having being six foot one versus six feet, (laughs) uh, having 250 pounds of the muscle versus 200 pounds of muscle, having green eyes versus blue eyes, having, those are not needs. They're not. There's no one that can argue that those are needs. Now, are those wants? Absolutely, right? But are they needs? Absolutely not. So then you have to ask yourself, well, what are needs? What are the things that I need to have in a relationship in order for it to be successful? There's four things, all right? One is you need to have shared values. You need to value the same thing because shared values, that's your rule book to life. That's one. Secondly is you need to be able to communicate with each other right? You need to be in a relationship where where someone actually listens to you. That's two. Three is you need to have physical attraction, right? And you have to have a minimal level of physical attraction. It doesn't mean that you see the person and you think they're the best looking person you've ever seen in your life, but it also doesn't mean that you think they're ugly. Right. You have to feel like there's a minimal level And there's been lots of science around this that shows that as long as you see a minimal level of attraction, you could grow, right? And and in the, oh, I'm sorry, go go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say like the standout girl that had like the list of her physical requirements. And obviously, if you've watched the show, you know how that turned out. But with Nikita, I, when I watched the first episode where you found the person, um, what was his name? Anne? Anne. Anne, yeah. Um, I was like, wow you've done it. Like, that, is that not literally basically what she's asked for? But then when it came to it, she was like, no, you've literally like, it's not what I've asked for at all. And I was like, huh? I was like, so you've literally kind of been given what you wanted on a plate, essentially, maybe a slight compromise. Maybe he hadn't had, like, wasn't tanned enough. I think maybe that was like the only thing I thought, like she'd said, got to be really tanned. And he was a little bit pale that day. And I was thinking, <laughs> like, you know, that that's, um, basically what she's asked for but it's still 
Yeah. Wasn't but see, that's enough. No, no, it, it, it goes back to these things. It goes back to values, it goes back to personality, it goes back to mutual attraction. It also goes back to there being no what are called non starters, right? Mm-hmm. But so let me just go back to all those examples that you listed, right? Morag, Nikita, Amy. Yeah. They all got those things. Everything that I just mentioned, they got them. You know, they got someone who shared their values. They got someone who they can communicate with. They got someone who, who they said, yeah, bare minimum, right? This is someone, who, this is someone who, who could work. They got all of those things. Now they have to put the work in, right? Now they have to put the work in. And this is very important for everyone to understand is that the, this, whole, this whole focus on checking boxes, to me, I don't like that doesn't compute with me. The real question is, does someone at minimum hit personality, hit values, hit mutual, uh, mutual physical attraction, hit the no non-starters, yet then that's someone who works. And that's not just me saying this, that's every scientific study around healthy relationships that's ever been conducted. So this is why we have to really look, go back and look at, which the reason why I love what you're doing here, Rachel, is you got to look back at the science and say, okay, like, why do these relationships work? And then the last thing, if I can say this too, Rachel, let me say this. Yeah, of course. Is you also see there's a lot of people who've been in relationships for 20, 30, 40 years, but they're super unhappy, right? Right. Like they, they hate life. They cheat on their partner, you know, they don't even want to, like, they think their partner's breath stinks. Like, it's like one of these where they just, so you don't want to be in a relationship like that, right? No one wants that. That's, nah. that's hell. So we have to keep going back to what makes for great relationships. And it, that's what makes for a great relationship. I Personality. Yeah, I think that's where yeah gen z is going wrong because we are you know on instagram and stuff and you see these you know seemingly perfect couples and you're like oh my god well they obviously just got together straight away and it was perfect like from the offset and you know that's what i want so i'm not settling for anything less and it's like you have absolutely no idea of the journey that they've been on to get to that point that might just because you've seen a picture of their perfect relationship they might be arguing like non-stop behind closed doors but like shut it off just for the instagram facade so i feel like that's it's i feel like we're under a lot of pressure and there's so much comparison and and stuff that we almost like self-sabotage our own relationships before it's even had a chance to to blossom and develop and i feel like that's why so many people also come off of instagram like when it comes to relationships and stuff because it can just be such a toxic place and on your mental health of yeah comparing yourself to other people yeah you, you know i said it to amy on married at first sight at one of the commitment ceremonies is i was like when you compare you despair like every time you compare yourself to someone what you're doing is is you'll never win in a comparison because there's no there's no one out here that's like you and this is where we have to really understand something like you think all right so like Rachel, right? There are almost eight. Think about this. This is, this is, I think this is fascinating. This is, and this is what's so incredible about life. There are almost 8 billion people that live on this planet right now, as we are talking, there is no one of the 8 billion who has ever lived life and seen the things and experienced the things that you have. No one, right? Not out of 8 billion. Then it gets even better because guess what? No one who has ever lived 
who has ever walked this earth has ever seen the same things that you have, Rachel, experienced them the way that you have. And then it gets even better because there is no one who will ever live in the future, right? No one who will ever walk this earth that will see things the same way that you see them, that will live life exactly as you live it. So what does that mean? It means that you are truly unique. Like you are truly special. You are not ordinary. You're extraordinary, right? You're extraordinary. So when you begin to look at that, that means that no one can compare themselves to you. You're incomparable. Like no one can, nor should you compare yourself to anybody because you haven't walked their life. So that's why comparison is just like, with all due respect, it's stupid. You know, no one should be out here comparing. You will never win by comparison. You yourself are extraordinary. Just accept that. Wow. Do you know what? I don't know if anyone listening really needed to hear that, but that was, that was great. Like if anyone needed a confidence boost of just being happy, like who they are and needing a little confidence boost. Thank you. That was so good. We'll move on to the final section, which is the follower questions. We'll do as many as we can. I know I don't want to keep you too, too long. I have a, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to take one of these questions. I have a question for you. So when I was watching Married at First Sight, I could relate to actually quite a lot of the girls on there that were saying that they struggle to find a compatible partner because they've got a, a big personality and they're in limbo of thinking we need to find someone who matches our energy. But do you actually think it's better to find someone that maybe has a more like calming and smaller energy? Cause I mean, if my followers have watched the show, there was the classic case of Nikita and Anne. She was a huge personality. And one of the reasons that you paired them together was not only physically, he ticked a lot of her boxes, but you thought that he would bring a, a, a calming energy and he was definitely a lot more relaxed than her, which might, you know, help balance them out. But without giving anything away, if you've not watched the show, absolutely not the case just ended in tears so what is your advice for people like me I, mean, I don't know if you gathered that from us just like chatting bigger more outgoing personalities that struggle almost to find someone willing to take that on yeah yeah all right this is a good one but this is where we have to understand that there's lots of pieces of personality there's right. introversion and extroversion right there's um, there's the whole alpha, beta, right? There's big, there's small at different times. So what I say is that what's most important to understand is how do you communicate? That's really what person, the whole reason why personalities is important in a relationship is because communication is the most important piece of a relationship. That's the most important piece. If you can't communicate, you can't be in a relationship. So the real question is, is not, is their personality bigger or smaller than mine? Is it whatever complimentary? The real question is, is when I sit and talk with this person, do they listen to me? When I sit and talk with them, do I listen to them? And this is why I say that when you go on the first date with someone, you should only ask yourself two questions. Only two questions. Ask yourself two questions. Exactly. Only two questions. And this is how you know if you should go on the next date, right? It's real simple. The first question is, did they listen to me? Like, were they just talking at me? You know, those people who were just like, that just download on you, right? right? Did they listen to me? And the second question is, was I physically attracted to them? Minimally, right? Physically attracted. If you have physical attraction, 
and you are able to listen to each other, you know what you have? You have chemistry. Right. That's what chemistry is. Now, here's the beauty. If, you, if they didn't listen to you and they were really attractive or they were minimally attractive, but they really listened to you. Oh, I'm sorry, not minimally, but they were not attractive and they listened to you, then you don't go on the next date. You don't go on it. It's real simple. I feel like simple. a lot of people are scared to, you know, really look at it like that and be like, nope, and move on to the next. Because, yeah, we're so, well, I say we're so, some people are absolutely content being on their own, me being sort of like one of them, but like so wanting to make something work that it's like just normalize, you know, it's, it's maybe it's just not going to work. Like I think a lot of people try and force things and make those compromises that down the line comes back to bite you in the ass because you start to end up resenting them and stuff. And it's all because of your own decisions because you made that compromise, but you knew from the start, you know, that was something that was going to be important, but you're like, oh, but they're really, you know, you hear, but, oh yeah, but they're really fit. Or like, oh yeah, but the sex is really good, but they're not ticking the other boxes, which are like fundamental for a successful relationship. Yeah. You, so when I was, uh, when my assistant sent me the information about you, Rachel, oh. what, what, the, what stood out to me was that I could see that you're a hardcore entrepreneur. That's what I most appreciate about you okay. is that you, you seem to be about your business. You're launching the right. podcast. Like you're, you're, you're about your business. You're intentional, right? You're intentional with your business. Yeah. This is the way, this is the same type of approach we need to take to our relationships. We have to be intentional about our relationships. Remember, successful people don't hang on to anything that's toxic for long. So if someone is not meeting the fundamentals, you move. Yeah, Move. life's too short, like we said. But um, okay, I won't keep you too much longer. I will go through a couple of questions. Um, I said to you earlier, we had a question submitted about porn and it being really toxic in their relationship. So someone said, question for Paul and Rach, my boyfriend is obsessed with porn. He'll watch it sneakily in the bathroom while he's at work, anywhere he can, basically. I've tried telling him so many times that the thought of him watching porn and pleasing himself makes me really insecure because he doesn't put that same effort into me. We're both young and our sex life is already really dry. I feel like he gets more pleasure from a screen than me. What can I do about this? Yeah, that's a real serious issue. That, that's a serious issue. And it's a serious issue for a couple of reasons. One is it sounds like she's already vocalized this to him and he's continued to do it. Secondly is he's doing it in secret. And then third is, is they're already seeing the impact of it, right, in their relationship. So quite honestly, the most important thing she can do right now is, and this is for everyone, anytime you're in a relationship and something is happening that you believe is big enough for you to walk away, that's when you have to set an ultimatum. Ultimatums are very effective in relationships yeah. because what it does is it forces the other person to realize this is such a big issue. I need to address it or I'm going to lose you. Or, you know what they say? They say, oh, forget you. I'd rather just stay with the porn. Like, I'd rather just stay with that. Right? Yeah. And I think that people are scared of the ultimatum because worst case scenario, they leave. But then you have to think, well, if they were willing to, to not put that effort into you and leave anyway, it really wasn't worth it no. in the first place. No, you know what, Rachel? That's not worst case. Worst case is not that they leave. You know what worst case is? For this person who just who gave you that question, worst case is she stays in the relationship 
and she's miserable for the rest of her life. Right. That's worst case. Yeah, so what she worst case in her mind is that she's left and like you know she's now without this person. But absolutely, if your boyfriend is you know more attracted to something that's not even real than you, like in quite literally in literal terms, there's your answer. Absolutely, yeah. don't put up with that anymore. Like you said, especially if you've vocalized it and they clearly doesn't care and it's now resorted to doing it in secret because then it's that's just it's ultimatum. toxic she, she 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 must give an ultimatum which is basically you either get help on the porn because by the way she can't just say stop and he's going to stop because he's addicted now this is yeah. an addiction so he needs to get help he needs a sex therapist right and she needs to base so this is what she says she says look you either get help from a sex therapist to to stop this if you want us or to stay together. I'm gone. Yeah. Or I'm gone. For sure. Yeah. I hope that helped if you're listening and we've answered your question. And then this one is slightly, I mean, I read this and it and it broke my heart really. Um, it's quite a big question, so maybe we'll end on this one. But it's hi, I've got a question for Paul. I have been single for well over four years. My last relationship was with someone I adored. It ended and it got messy. He was poorly a cup and a couple of years ago he committed suicide. Since that relationship, I found it so hard to find anyone who made me feel the way that he did or even come close. He was a good man and I'm worried that I will never meet anyone because I'm stuck in a place where I can't move forward. I'm nearly 35 and I feel like I'm running out of time to meet someone and be genuinely happy. Any advice on moving on and be open to meeting someone would be greatly appreciated. Okay, yeah, this, this is, uh, I tell you what, first my heart goes out to you. Um, on, on this one. Here's what I find to be really interesting is that there's so much emotion still tied into the previous uh, boyfriend, I'm assuming in this case, yeah, uh, I think boyfriend, so. that this moment is not the right moment to move on. You don't find someone to fill the void. Really, what we need to address here is how do you become happier? Like that's it. Like you, you, you're not happy right now, right? So there's several things that you can do. Several things. And let's just run down the list because I think everyone listening could could benefit from from these kind of things. The first, and this is going to sound super basic, but this is massive exercise. I'm telling sure. you, seven, ten minutes a day, minimal exercise. Exercise does a couple things for our relationships. One is that it just de-stresses us, right? Secondly, is it helps us to deal with negative emotion, which is very important, right? Because she has negative emotion right now. So exercising, and then most importantly for exercising too, is it helps us to sleep better. The next thing, sleep, sleep, sleep. I say sleep your ass off, right? <laughs> you you, you, you want to get sleep because what sleep does is going back to the negative emotion is when, when anything negative happens in your life, anything, someone says something bad, whatever it may be, when you don't have enough sleep, you don't process it appropriately, right? You react to it. Yeah, I but feel like one of the worst feelings ever is I've just had a shit night's sleep. Like you just feel awful. You feel terrible, terrible. So you, you, so you need sleep to be able to process all of that negative better. I'm telling you, sleep will change your life. And then the third thing is the quickest way to get Rachel level self-worth, 
right? And self-love is you have to identify the things in your life that you value and you have to put time and effort into it. Like Rachel, I can already see you're creative. You got the podcast popping, you know, you're your content creator. Okay, you enjoy okay. doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You put time into that. You value that. It actually makes you feel more fulfilled. It makes you feel happier. So for this person, she needs to identify the things that she values, put time and effort into that every day. If she's putting time and effort into the things she values, she's getting good sleep, she's exercising, I guarantee you in a month, two, three months, she's just going to wake up one morning and say, damn, I'm happy. And then once you say, damn, I'm happy on my own, that's the time to now start looking for somebody else. I mean, who said it better than RuPaul? If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? (laughs) As much as it's horrible to lose someone that was once so close to you, you obviously broke up for a reason. You weren't meant to be with that person. The fact that they decided to take their own life is absolutely devastating and just, just so horrible. But as hard as it is, and I'm sure it easy, it's much easier said than done, you've got to let that go. So maybe even talking to someone about it, either therapy or something that, or just someone that you confidently can talk to and confide in about, about this and just being able to, to, to let go of that situation. And I think focusing on yourself is a great way to sort of let go of situations like that. It keeps you for a while distracted, but then as you keep going, it won't be a distraction anymore. It will be your way of life. And, you know, I, I, I always, it sounds like such stupid advice, not, not saying that what you've just said is stupid, but you know, when people say like, oh, they're really low and they're down and you're like, exercise and like do this. And it's like, okay, but it's like, if you actually stick at it and, you know, try a new hobby, I think that's why lockdown was so great. Like gave you the chance to like do a new hobby and, or like, really put time and effort into things that you actually love or discover something new. If you keep at it, you will reap the benefits from it and just feel so much better. When you learn something new, you're not going to get it straight away. If you cook one meal and you're like, Oh, like, okay. Like someone told me to start something new and now I'm tried out like baking and cooking and I've done one thing and I'm not feeling any better. It's like, you've got to keep going. And yeah, I think that's a nice way to like, round this off to yeah to the girl that sent that in I really really hope that helped but like Paul said it's now time to focus on yourself let go of the past but obviously treasure what you had you said you absolutely adored him and that's such a lovely thing to have as like a memory and sometimes memories are just like the most beautiful thing out of a situation like it's see the positive of the situation rather than like the negative of you know comparing him to other people going back to comparing it's just it's never gonna end positively in like the way that you want it to oh well i'll leave it there because god we could probably chat for hours so i won't i won't keep you i know you're a busy guy but thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with me it's been so insightful and i really really appreciate your time and advice and i hope anyone who's listening um, or if we like answered your specific question, you've taken something away from this to help improve an existing relationship, or it's given you a new mindset going forward on like outlooks on your relationships, maybe. Wish we could have answered all of your questions, guys, but maybe there'll be a part two in the future. Who knows? But where can my followers find you, Paul? I know the day that this goes live, 
is the Married at First Sight UK reunion. So if you want to see Paul on your screens again, tune in tonight, guys. Yeah, I tell you, I'm, uh, I'm, well, let me say this though, Rachel, I applaud you, right? Thank you. I, I want to say I, I applaud you and I respect you because you are taking risks, right? You're trying new things. Everything that you just mentioned, right? You are, you are like, you are not just preaching, you are walking your talk. And to me, that's the highest sign of maturity is when our actions match our words. And so I definitely applaud you for not just launching the podcast, but also in just being like just a good person, man. The world is, 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 so, is filled with so much crap. It's always <laughs> great when, when you see some light, you know what I mean? And you're light. So I, I respect that. Thank you uh, so much. Yeah. Don't I'll start like welling up. But, um, <laughs> but this is why I want these chats and stuff to be. I want this to be a light for someone that needs it. I mean, it's a light for me. Chatting with you has been absolutely amazing and I can't wait to watch well this is going well I'm, we're recording this on Thursday so I've got a few episodes up until that point but I'm so excited to see you at like on the reunion yeah and listening to you anywhere is amazing are you are you still doing your podcast and your newsletter yeah yeah st still doing the newsletter still doing the podcast better with, um, better with Paul better with Paul um getting ready to film Slubs Go Dating the next series of that oh um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm staying busy. I'm Jamaican. I have yeah. a Yeah, I'd love a bit of celebs go dating. I actually did a, um, a little bit of work with Anna on a celebs go dating campaign. So, yeah, love that show. Um, do you know what? Better with yeah. Paul for the name of your podcast is such a great, great name because I already... I already feel better after this conversation with you. Honestly, yeah, it's like been it's, it's been great. It's 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 been an honor. It really has. It really wow. has. Wow. Thank okay. Thank you so much. Wow. Honestly, one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. I could listen to him talk all day. His voice is just so nice to listen to, and he just says he's just got such wisdom and just such great advice. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, I'm so sorry about the audio quality. At least I actually got the interview and I didn't lose it completely. Um, won't happen again in the future. First episode, let me off, all right? Let me off. But um, I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Make sure you're following Paul on Instagram. He's at Paul C. Brunson. He's obviously on the Married at First Sight UK reunion tonight. You can catch up on all episodes uh, of that on 4OD. And like he said, he's getting ready to film Celebs Go Dating, so that's something to look forward to as well. But he's also got his Better With Paul podcast. Um, if you want to listen to more of his insightfulness, <laughs> go and check him out on there. First interview done, first guest. I couldn't be more grateful. I really, really hope you guys loved this episode. Make sure you leave us some feedback um, over on the at Rated R podcast Instagram. Make sure you're following the Instagram and make sure you're obviously following the podcast wherever you're listening, whether that's on Spotify right now or an Apple podcast, so you don't miss the you know upcoming episodes. So make sure you have the notifications on, the bell on. I think you have that on Spotify podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.